Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader, Manager, Coach. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another edition. Now this is a section of content that I've been looking forward to doing for a while. It's something that's very close to my heart. It's something that I try to live and it's certainly something that's certainly within me. It's not something that I've gone and found it certainly is something that's already existed within me and it's something I've been excited about talking about for a long while. And I hope that it floats your boat. If it doesn't, well, we can move on to another episode. But this episode, I'm going to talk about the art of defending. As anybody who knows me as a coach will will know, I am absolutely passionate about defending. I love clean sheets. I think they are the basis in football of stability i think they give masses and masses of confidence and i think they are the foundation of a great team if you look back in history and you look at the teams who have dominated you look at the club sides or even the international sides who have been great and have had great periods whether you know you're looking at the italian leagues or the spanish leagues or the english leagues I challenge you to find a club, a team who has leaked goals left, right and centre and has made up for it in scoring a phenomenal amount at the other end and done that on a consistent basis. I think you will find that having a strong and deep belief in keeping clean sheets and defending well as a basis for a great team and performances and results is something that you will find is borne out by the statistics. And I want to talk about defending. I think anybody who is in the world of football will enter into debates about who the greatest player has ever been and who your favourite player is. And I don't think there can be any doubt that there would be, if we took a poll of, you know, whether that's a million people or a hundred people or 10 people who love the game, that they would come up with very quickly, depending on their age, of people like Ronaldo, Messi, Cruyff, Maradona, Pele, Dalglish, people from older generations, so Stanley Matthews, Jimmy Greaves, Danny Blanchflower, Duncan Edwards, Bobby Charlton, the list could go on and on. And what you often find, and probably what we will find if we look at the list of all the people who say, go on, in the next five seconds, give me your greatest player, that the majority will, without a shadow of a doubt, give you a player who was extremely skilled at either scoring goals or creating goals, certainly was a creative player in the in the team. It would be very unusual for you to have a dominance of defensive players within that. And some people would argue, rightly so, that it is the creative side of the game that floats people's boats. It is the attacking side, the flair side, 
or the beautiful side of the game, as some people would call it, that actually is what attracts people to the game. Well, I'm one of those people who believes in balance in life, and I think that all attack and no defense is a poor show. I think that all partying and no discipline is a poor show. I think that anything in excess, nature tells us, is likely to be unsuccessful along the line. I'm sure that if you get a tennis player who can go and play at the net and be on the front foot all the time, is likely to come unstuck and not likely to be the best player in the world if he or she is unable to deal defensively and play from the back of the court. I'm no expert in tennis whatsoever, but I'm sure that that is possibly the case in sports like that. So we have this greatest player argument that rages on and and the people who rate people to be the greatest ever tend to be. And certainly my experience, and I'm sure you would agree with me, the type of player who is the exciting playmaker. And bravo to that because um, we're all mesmerized by the unbelievable talent that has graced our beautiful game. I certainly think having been in the game that and having spoke to or speak to many coaches, I do speak to many coaches on a regular basis, that in the past, I wouldn't like to say exactly, but I would certainly say in the last decade, there has been quite a dearth of of high quality defensive players. Now let's just get this straight before we go any further. Um, I don't really want anybody writing into the podcast and um, sending me messages saying actually, what about this player? What about that player? What about the other player? There are some wonderful defensive players who are gracing our game and have done over the past decade or so. So what I am not saying is that there are no good defenders. What I am saying is that it isn't sexy. It isn't on the priority list. And I don't think when you look at youth football that you see many people or enough people embracing the defensive side of the game. And I think it's actually, if you look at the model of of development that's been in Holland, in Ajax, and, and possibly influentially in Spain through Barcelona, through the great coaches that have followed, you know, Johan Cruyff through from Ajax to, to Barcelona, that players are often encouraged to play in lots of different positions as a development tool as they're growing up in their younger days and, and so be it and, and absolutely wonderful too. And players are often started in the in the Dutch system to play up front and be attacking and flair players. And as they proceed through their journey, if they are continuing their journey of development and are highly skilled and technical players, they tend to be kept, according to the literature, as front players, as attacking midfield players. And as they, if that kind of technical ability drops down a level or they are, they are overtaken by other players, but they are still good enough to be in the system, they tend to drop back and then become defenders. And that may be so, and who can argue with the Dutch system in terms of the players that it's produced. But I think that actually that picture may give us a false a false view if you like and maybe that's one of the reasons or something that's contributed to why defending is seen as as the poor the poor relation of of football if you like maybe it's true in basketball and other sports as well it's just that I don't know about those sports so well but what I do know is that certainly the art of defending is certainly not something that's celebrated and embraced in the way that I often think it should be 
And the reason I think it should be is because I think when you look, you or if you care to look deeply at it, yes, you are a destroyer. Yes, you are a breaker up of creative play. Yes, you may not be as technically skilled as a creative player, but nonetheless, your contribution in terms of allowing the creative player to receive the ball in an offensive position is often down to the work that the defensive players do. So let's not, or let's be positive about the defensive side of the game. And so what, What you know, I was so, I thought so deeply about this that I decided to look up the word defender, defense. And I got my old dictionary of etymology, which tells us all about the where words come from. And within that long definition of what a defender is, it is someone who wards off an attack. It's someone who prohibits. It's someone who is a guardian of and a protector of. And I don't know about you, but all those words in me, they facilitate feelings of pride. They facilitate feelings of passion. And it's it's something that I can certainly relate to. So, you know, what is it you're your vision or your view of defending is and I think that may be actually be one of the reasons that defending as an art and a part of the the game needs to have a little bit of focus so that it actually is made more attractive to to young players and uh just as a little side note on this I don't think especially in the in in the game today the modern game where we have such wonderful players in all positions that there ought to be an absolute delineation and a differentiation between an attacking player and a defensive type player. You know, the I watched a game on Saturday and I watched a championship game and there was a young man, don't mind mentioning his name, called Ryan Woods, who I have to say, I haven't seen a young player play like that since probably in the 1970s where I saw a young Alan Hudson going to fetch the ball deep inside his own half off central defenders and spraying passes around the field with a phenomenal amount of precision and incisiveness. And I haven't seen that for a long time. And you know that, so in addition to that, that guy, that player, did an awful lot of chasing back and what people call the dirty side of the game. And his defensive side of the game was equal equal to his in-possession side of the game. So just to illustrate that, it's not all about delineating people and it's not all about putting them in necessarily into, into boxes. It's actually to celebrate. This podcast is all about celebrating the art of defending. I also think an interesting thing about defending is that if you went round all your individual clubs and took a poll of the the real loyal supporters of that club, many of those, who's your favourite player, you know, who's the player that represents your club, I think that many of those supporters would probably come out with names like of stalwart players who maybe have been at the club for many, many years and have got appearances into the numbers of hundreds for their club and they certainly may not be the star striker or the guy who scored you know 20 goals a season they might be their stalwart center halves who's got 500 games for the club or the left back who has got the the club tattooed on his 
on his calf and uh, would run through a brick wall for the club. So often a favourite player, again, maybe a defender uh, of a, you know, and, and represents what supporters think of as a true icon um, for the club. So, you know, just to name but a few. Um, so as well as your, obviously your Dalglishes and your Messis and your Ronaldos, you know, although these players do get recognition, although these players do get do get talked about, you know, what about your Bobby Moores? What about your Franz Beckenbauer's? You know, if you care to take a study of people like Frank Beckenbauer, and I'm going to talk about some other international defenders in a minute, you know, the absolute ease which those players, which he seemed to make the game, which he he looked like he strolled around the game, just taking the ball at will sometimes. People like Larry, you know, if we go back and uh, I make no apologies for talking about my era here, but um, people that stand out in my mind, Kevin Ratcliffe of Everton and, um, you know, Larry Lloyd, Norman Hunter, Jack Charlton, Joey Jones, Mel Sterland, Mickey Pedgick, Alec Lindsay. The list could go on and on and on of real quality defenders. Some of those who had absolute ones, especially in my humble opinion, the left foot the left backs and the, the guys with 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 left you know left pegs that were sweet and they could just drop a ball on a sixpence so some of these guys had unbelievable technical ability so what i wanted to do and i don't think it would be a complete episode on defending if we didn't look at a certain nation because if there is one nation although in the recent times this nation hasn't had the best of it internationally one thing's absolutely for certain that this nation the Azuri nation, the boys of blue, the Italians have produced probably more celebrated and more famous defenders, more more great defenders than any other nation. They are known for their defensive qualities. They are known for their low scoring games in their club league and they are known for their defending ability. So it would be amiss of me to not have a look and take a little bit of a look at the some of the favourite defenders and some of the, the best defenders that Italy has produced. And I looked a while ago at a world football top 20 of Italian defenders and four or five of those stood out for me. And I suppose it will be a little bit subjective because these are players that have been around in, in my generation, if you like, but I've seen them at different times. One of those was Claudio Gentile, uh, represented Juventus and Fiorentina. I think he played 70-odd times for his country and was famous for marking Diego Maradona, um, considered to be the greatest player in the world at the time. He, There's a famous joke about Gentili when Ian Rush, Ian Rush tells a story about going out onto the pitch and um, coming back at half-time and saying to the gaffer, flipping heck, I, uh, I'm not saying it's hard out there, but um, or I'm not saying it's tough, but I haven't had an inch. And I, um, I'm not saying that... Kentile's marked me closely, but I absolutely stink of Paco Rabanne. I think he used that in an after-dinner speech sometime. But it, he, it just tells you the story of what Gentile was like. He was absolutely ruthless. And his career with Juventus particularly and his success with his country made him infamous, really, as a, an absolutely ruthless defender who was a class player as well. Another one was Fichetti. Uh, I think his name is Jacinto Fichetti, who played, I believe, well over 600 times for his club for Inter Milan. Uh, also scored 
I believe it was about 70-odd goals as a left-back. Won trophy after trophy after trophy. And sadly, we're in about a decade or so ago, we lost Fichetti. And as a sign of respect, he was so respected at the club that Inter Milan retired the number three shirt on uh, in respect of uh, Fichetti's contribution as a defender. Another dominating centre-half, centre-back, if you use the modern terminology, was Fabio Cannavaro. Again, only recently retired, really. I'm not sure if he is Italy's most capped player of all time, but he's. I think he's possibly Italy's most capped player with 130-odd caps. I believe that he was purchased by Inter Milan for around 20 million euros. And again, that wasn't recently. That was um, in the early 2000s. I think he played for Real Madrid and Cannavaro was also a recipient of the Ballon d'Or in 2006 for his part in Italy's World Cup triumph. An absolutely class, class centre-half. Again, another example of the kind of players that Italy have produced. One of my favourites was Franco Baresi and the write-up in world football was that he was um, a phenomenon and a legend. An absolutely world-class player he was so revered by AC Milan that he was voted their player of the century in 1999 on the back of 700 plus appearances and a trophy cabinet that's absolutely bursting to the seams and a guy who mentored Paolo Maldini and he was the example really of of a world an absolutely you know world class defender and, and a sweeper which the Italians obviously were with with a masters at, and finally Paolo Maldini, who again 120 odd caps as an international career. He played something like 25 seasons and amassed, I believe, in excess of 900 appearances for AC Milan. You know, it, it's almost uh, a fairy tale kind of thing. Um, and world, the World Football publication just says Paolo Maldini simply the greatest. And when I saw that, I thought, well, that's wonderful because he's a defender. And what they're saying is, here's an example of a player who is actually the greatest. Well, so be it. But all those guys are examples of total defenders, if you like, who are world class at what they did at the art of defending. Yes, some of them fullbacks, some of them centre-backs, some of them sweepers. But I, I bet the, the bottom dollar, although they would have preferences and, and would play, would be recognised as slightly better in certain positions. Their principles of defending and their art of defending would allow them to slot in any position in any back four or back five at any club, probably in the Premier League if they were playing today. You know, and I think, again, it would be remiss to talk about um, without talking about Brazil really because I don't know about you but one of my favourite goals of all time and this may be true and I'm sure it is true for quite a few people was scored by a, a Brazilian fullback and it's that I think it was 19 the 1970 world the 1970 world cup finals Carlos Alberto's goal that just exemplified the absolute simple plastic genius of the Brazilian side where and I'm sure it was Pele who just laid the ball off to the right hand side he didn't even look didn't raise his head he just knew that his player 
his right back would be running on and he just laid the ball nonchalantly into his path and first time Carlos, I think it was Carlos Alberto, I'm pretty sure it was, hit the ball into the bottom bottom corner of the net. Just just class, class team goal. And I don't think anybody else, anybody could also argue that the Brazilian fullbacks were anything but totally world-class players. And that would probably go for their for their centre halves as well. Well, that's a, a twenty minute dive into into defending and just a little bit of a, a light touch brush over some of the throwing a few names about about who are the great defenders and why they're great and a little bit of a, a look at the Italians and, and how how good they are and how good they've been. I do think that with the influence of Johan Cruyff and Mourinho a little bit and particularly Pep at the moment that with the Bar- the Barcelona success of the, of the last decade that defending in terms of pressing and defending from the front has certainly had its had its plaudits because although it looks like they are the greatest team ever in possession which is which arguably in certain ways they are their ability to create transition and win the ball back is actually the foundation of their play because what they don't do is they don't allow the other team, the opposition, to get a foothold in the game. And they do that by their relentless unit pressing and their positional play, which is hard, hard, hard work. So let's not underestimate, although it looks like, wow, what a team in possession. And it looks like the other team are letting them have the ball. It's not absolutely not that. It's all their deep, dark graft off the ball that allows them time and time and time again to nullify the opposition and to cause the opposition to drop and drop and drop, which gives them the possession and eventually, as the game progresses, gives them the upper hand psychologically and physically and tactically in terms of the way the games pan out. Um, that allows them the in-possession dominance that they have. So let's not overlook defending. Ladies and gentlemen, long live defending. That's all from me. I'm going to catch you later. Always appreciate you listening. Love to hear from you. Let me know your thoughts. It's www.robriles.co.uk. Send me a message or catch me on LinkedIn or some other social media. All right. Great chatting. Appreciate your time. Catch you again. Bye-bye.